Welcome to Six Degrees of Rumination. I'm your host, Reno Gorman. I'm your other host, Nina Boyd. And I'm their producer, Mike. Welcome back to another fun, exciting episode. This one has, I would say, a more narrow focus. A lot of times we're hopping around to different uh, discussions and articles. This one's going to be a little more focused on the human brain. This one is hyper-focused. Hyper-focused. Might get rough. ADHD, hyperly focused. Yes, that... Um, we're going to start way back, 5th century CE, uh, after the fall of the Roman Empire. You've got uh, the barbarians and Mongols kind of coming in. Was it the Mongols? I'm really bad with that. Part I don't of think it was the Mongols, but let me think about it because I know it was someone. It was the Moops. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld reference, anybody? Uh, right. I'm sure everybody. Yeah. Everybody. If they've listened to us for this long, they know Seinfeld and probably love it. But uh, anyway, so they found uh, this uh, site in current day uh, Hungary, Western Hungary, uh, and they recovered about 51 skulls that were like elongated and like longer, taller skulls. If you I ever saw an Indiana Jones movie about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does kind of look like that. If, yeah. you, if you look at the picture, which you'll see when we post this, um, it... It's not quite this exaggerated, but it kind of reminds me of like the shape of an alien head almost, like mm-hmm. that cartoony gray alien that everyone draws. And um, anyway. So, yeah, apparently, like that was the thing. That was a, a custom that was kind of brought to the area after the fall of Rome. And what was it? They're saying like 443 AD, 433. They don't say AD anymore, huh? That's not PC. I don't know. PC. What the, well, I think that they say it, but it stands for something else. Well, how is it not PC? Because it's, it's all connected it's, to Jesus. It's all like Jesus. Be well. Before now we Christ say, and yeah. after something. After death is what I always no, think. No, it's, like, it's, what, it's like everybody thinks it's that. Yeah, everyone thinks it's after death. But no, it now it's CE. It's, CE is like common era. And yeah, people do so that. It's before the common era and post-common era yeah. i'm not even a christian and i think this is dumb well it's, it's just like a way of i don't know whatever but okay you know else thought was christ was dumb the romans oh yeah and look what happened to them their empire fell and they have these weird skeletons buried outside the so okay here's what i don't get and i've been thinking about this and trying to picture how it works um i guess whoever these people were they artificially elongated their skulls um, shaping them with bandage wrappings. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's got to be some tight, ba- I guess kind of like foot binding. It could be the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like foot binding. Like you can you can direct a bone's growth by yeah putting braces on it, wrapping it up in tape, putting I mean, some gauze I, around it. I guess it just to me, like your feet and your toes and that delicate bone structure mm-hmm. seems way easier to manipulate than like a skull. Well, no, because like orb, the, you know. the skull doesn't even, still has a hole in it when you're born. Like you still, like the bones are oh, still forming a lot, you know, like. Yeah. So uh, these babies of this tribe had the bandages. Right, exactly. For some reason, I just like picture like Lars from metallica he always has like a like hair band on like you just imagine like he's been touring and playing drums for so long his his skull is just like a little bit elongated or it's like maybe indented only right here where the band is (laughs) yeah i don't know about all that and i kind of think i'm sure this isn't how it works but now i'm imagining if this happened since infanthood then when they grow up and their skull is elongated Mm mm-hmm do you think their brain also grows to be elongated or is it a regular size rattling around in their <laughs> elongated skull? I would assume that it has an influence on the shape of the brain, which will come into effect later on in this podcast. Yeah. Just foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing work, if you will. 
If you didn't catch episode 109, please listen all the way to the very end of episode 109. There's some really good shadow work being done yes. there at the end. Yes, there is. Ah. This podcast. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. There's foreshadowing. Is there pre-shadowing as well? There's pre-foreshadowing. <laughs> pre-foreshadowing. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, so these elongated skulls, this practice of elongating the head, that's been done kind of all over the world. Um, Eastern Europe had its own, uh, its own run with it. So like areas in like Austria, Croatia, Serbia, Slovakia. Um, but it's also been done like in the Americas and through Asia. They think that it's, it's probably some kind of like social status. Like, isn't there like an African tribe where they put like a bunch of rings yeah. around the necks and their necks are kind of like get extra long? But do you think anybody like bandaged their skull in the other way <laughs> to make it like really short? <laughs> Just all crunched in and like. <laughs> Football looking like. <laughs> Sideways. There's. I don't know about this. I, I make have it a thing. definite thoughts about like, why would you ever do this? But you know beauty standards and all the things we do in the modern times they just seem normal because we're used to them there's mm -hmm. we do just as dumb of stuff as whatever this was you guys watch ancient aliens from time to time no i don't wait did we Have ever, you ever? that? what is that like what? it's on the history channel originally what? and i'm sure it's everywhere it's, now it's so much fun to watch it's a bunch of like garbage science but the, uh, ancient alien ancient astronaut alien theorists uh They've basically, anything that has to do with uh, God or angels or anything you can't explain, it was ancient aliens that came here and did it. Is that that meme with the dude with the wild hair? Yeah, the dude with the hair. Yeah, he's one All of the right. ancient alien astronaut theorists. Did Dan Aykroyd make any appearances on that show? Because I, I know he know if he has. Okay. He's had shows where he goes into UFOs and conspiracies and stuff like that. But it, it, he's a he's a wild guy. It's great. I I know on at least one, if not several, ones where they go to like uh, like South America sites and they found skulls with like longer heads. They're like, clearly this is like some ancient alien hybrid, <laughs> uh, you know, race. And you have to wonder. But it does look very alien it when does, you look right, at these exactly, pictures, yeah. and especially if you're not like. I don't know if you're if you're excavating a site hoping to find alien evidence and you see that you mm -hmm. are going to be like oh my god look you know vindicated yeah exactly but, if you have no uh background or knowledge of anthropology or archaeology you might just be like oh it's an alien and just the mainstream you know, anthropologists they don't want you to know <laughs> yeah big anthropology is keeping this a secret <laughs> big, big anthropology man <laughs> number one issue facing today's uh woes. definitely um another one that kind of makes its circles around uh in like the ancient alien kind of circles conspiracy theorists is the mandela effect have you guys heard of the mandela effect now i have yeah <laughs> actually you know what i distinctly remember this being called the mandala effect but now it's not spelled that way. It's spelled oh. Mandela. Effect. Look out! We've already got to you. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off a few quotes, and okay. I bet you can like name that book or movie or whatever. Number one, play it again, Sam. What's that? That's all play you it like again, Sam. What I've movie is that this. from, or was that from? Play it again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. Oh, maybe he can't. Casablanca. All right. If you build it, they will come. You've heard that one, right? Debbie does Dallas. If you build it, they no. will come. It's like a biblical. No, 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 no it's no. not. Oh, you guys. What are you 
<laughs> Feel the dreams. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. I never saw it either, but I know the reference. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Luke, I am your father. No, I am your father. Ah, he knows, right? See, a lot of people remember or think they remember as Luke, I am your father. No. He never ever says that. No, he, he never, never said it. No. And also, beam me up, Scotty. Apparently, that's not. I think it's Scotty, beam me up. Yeah. But beam me up, Scotty. Nope, never happens. That's splitting hairs when it's like, oh, the other way around. Well, same thing with like Luke, I am your father. Like I he said, guess. Luke. He said, I'm your father, but he never said, Luke, I am your father. Yeah, he goes, no, I am your father. Yeah. Because Luke was just like, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. <laughs> you know? It's <laughs> a good Luke impression. Yeah. Well, he was like he in was pain and crying like he always did. You know, yeah. Luke was Luke was kind of a bitch until the third movie. Yeah. Yeah. He was always crying about some damn shit. Even longer than he that, was just I would a say. boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He, but he was like a 35-year-old playing like <laughs> Anakin a, was know? just a boy. Yeah. 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 Luke was old enough, man. How about this one from Snow White? Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? So what is the error in this one? Because I swear I remember the queen saying that. Apparently it's a little bit different. I don't know what it really was. She probably says... She has to say mirror, mirror, on the wall at the beginning. And then maybe mm-hmm. she said something in between. I think it's like, tell me who's the fairest of them all. Well, that's really splitting hairs. Right, right, splitting hairs. It's so, not splitting hairs. Everyone remembers it incorrectly. I'm just saying, but like, we all group think it. Incorrectly. It's not that incorrect, is what I'm saying. So, it's the gist. The Mandela effect is um, people like swearing, like I remember this is this is totally what happened. But then you go back and look and like, nope, actually happened like this, or this was what was actually said. And people are like, well, that it's like a like a glitch in the matrix, or it just shows that there's some yeah you know, something else going on there. But really, it's I mean, obviously, it's probably just the faultiness of our brains and minds. The Mandela effect is a term that describes that kind of collective misremembering, and it comes from the memory that many people have that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s. He did not. Yeah, he died of cancer, didn't he, later after he got out? Yeah, like in 2013. Yeah. After he was president for a yeah, while. He got yeah. out of, <laughs> you know, like yeah, he, he had got like a out of prison. political career in the public spotlight. Like, I remember yeah. it was like a big deal when he got out of prison. Yeah, yeah right, think, exactly. Yeah. I think people... Well, I don't know why they would think that, except he was in prison for a long time. He right. was in prison. And then maybe they just stopped reading the or paying attention to him in the maybe news. Maybe there's or, like some other um, was political figure prison? that we remember dying in prison. Who else was in prison and died in prison that was like Mandela E? Charles Manson. Just kidding. Manson. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, we just he's known for about Charles Manson. spending the last like four or five decades in prison because he was in there for a long got, time. We what? just kind of assumed that he died there because the Sharon, the we Sharon like, Tate thing happened in what, like sixty eight, sixty nine. Yeah. So he's been like seventies, eighties, nineties. We were just 2000s. talking before hitting record. Like, is he still alive? I don't know if he's Manson? still alive. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's another Mandela effect then. But, the Manson effect, if you will. Yeah, he pops up in the news every now <laughs> and then. Effect. Yeah, he does. But yeah. then it's like, is he really... Yeah. Um, I've never heard of this one, but apparently many people remember that New Zealand is being north and west of Australia. No. On the west side of Australia. No. Maybe if you don't know your fucking west and east. Yeah. I probably it's think that it is. called a fucking map. Yeah. Well, not everyone looks uh, at maps these days. I, I you know, recently saw a headline that about like how someone like uh, a kiwi a new zealandite was traveling to some country i think it's maybe pakistan 
And they didn't believe that this woman was from New Zealand. They didn't know that New Zealand existed. And she's like, no, really, I'm from New Zealand. I went to go point it out on a map and it was missing from the map. Like there's several maps that let us like forget to put New Zealand on there. That's a real Matrix moment. I feel like we've done a podcast on this, but I can't remember. Probably. I'm pretty sure we have. Where they there's several maps. Uh, is this where, a Mandela thing you're trying effect, to play at yeah. right now? It's a weird like anti deja vu thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we've podcast on a lot, and this is the kind of thing we would have talked about. So it's possible. Yeah. But I'm yeah, pretty sure actually imagine? we have talked about the Mandela effect before. Can you imagine going to another country knowing that you came from the one you know exists mm -hmm. and then you look at the map to prove it and the map's like, got you. you <laughs> like, oh my God, like, what is real? <laughs> It'd be insane. Um, I like how we're recycling old episodes now. Yeah. yeah. Life is just a series of days of recycled old days you've already done. Mm -hmm. You got up, ate breakfast, did a bunch of stuff. Ate lunch, did a bunch of stuff, ate dinner, go to bed. So here are some other Mandela effects, speaking of breakfast. Um, Fruit Loops, the cereal. Most Mandela effect people will be like, Fruit Loops, it's spelled F-R-U-I-T, like the word fruit, and then loops. But it's not F-R-O-O-T, isn't right. it? Right, because yeah. it's, got, it's got like the cereal O's yeah. as the O's. So those fuckers are just conflating like baseball fruit and like what? No, it's not spelled F R O O T. Yeah, I never thought that. Right? It's got the two I've O's never... and fruit, two O's and loops. I mean, how could you not? Well, I don't even like fruit loops that I do this. Yeah. yeah what about uh, the peanut butter, Jiffy? What about it? Is it Jiffy? Well, no. it's J I F F Y. No, it's no Y. Is it J I? It's Jif. Choosy moms, choose Jif. Yeah, it's not Jiffy. I'm a Smuckers guy. <laughs> Smuckers I, I wouldn't, peanut I don't butter? Need Jif. Yeah, Smucker, Smuckers does a mix. Smuckers doesn't exist. It's Smackers. No, it's not. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's Laura Scooter does the the stuff you have to stir. It's not Smuckers for peanut no, butter. But I don't. I don't eat. <laughs> we literally. There's, have a, an there's another one. I actually was a big on when Reese's did their own peanut butter. Yeah, well, yeah. that's so surprising. Yeah. Right. Smuckers is jam. No, but Smuckers has the, the peanut butter and jam together in oh, a jar. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know you're do. talking yeah. about yeah. the mix. Yeah. So apparently some people think that it's Jiffy peanut butter. Maybe they're conflating with Jiffy Lube. That's my thinking. There's Maybe. a Jiffy Lube and there's a Jiff. And so there's yeah, another Jiffy true. is a more common thing. Oh, well, back into Jiffy. I thought that there was. Well, they was... did the Choosy Moms Choose Jiff, but there was another yeah. peanut butter brand. And we always bought that one, but I can't remember. Yeah, there is another one that's like waxy fake peanut butter that you don't have to stir the separated oil together with. Yeah. Like gross. the real peanut butter, you have to stir the oil in. Yeah, yeah. But there's Jif, and then there's whatever this other one is. I can't remember. It was another silly kind of short GIF, word. G-I-F. No. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, this next one, I I did. Yeah, experience. see, a lot of people remember the Berenstein Bears. You remember the Berenstein Bear books? It's a family of bears. It was a very, very, very <sighs> preachy I, children's book series. Vaguely. But yeah. I loved it. So apparently some people remember Berenstein being spelled B-E-R-E-N and then Steen, S-T-E-I-N or Berenstein, Berenstein Bears. Yeah. That's not how it's spelled though. <laughs> it's Berenstain. Yeah, it's with an A. S-T-A-I-N. But guess what? When you were five years old, you couldn't spell or read for shit. Nope. And 99 times out of 100, if you saw something that was spelled like Steen or Stein, It'd be spelled S-T-E-I-N, like yeah. Einstein, not Einstein. Oh, but what if it is Einstein and we just oh, think it is it's Einstein. Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> Do you also say Igor? No. No, no. Are you supposed to? 
Igor, I, Young Frankenstein. Well, only if I'm talking about Young Frankenstein, but not the original Frankenstein. It's then it's Igor. Yeah, right. Oh my God, that movie is so hilarious. Falbura. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, if you haven't figured it out already, human memory is not that great, nor is any other animal's memory all that great. Um, it's basically just like a copy of a copy. Like we remember remembering things, and it's just if the memory stays alive, you have to keep on yeah. making copies of it, and it just degrades. And we often uh, conflate it and mix it with other things that are related to it, or would like make sense, or and are usually the case, like fruit or Berenstein. So that's usually the case. But you have a lot of people that like want to believe that, like, oh no, like something's changing the past, or. You know they're they're re they're redoing our history and it's it's all simulation. Da 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 da. Another I mean, one was um, do you guys remember the movie um, Shazam with Sinbad? No, no. Because I was a huge fan of Shazam and I know exactly who was in yeah. that, not Sinbad. Do you remember the Kazam movie with Shaquille O'Neal? No. God damn, you just don't remember anything. I didn't want, I don't. Mike didn't like those. Shaq was like a genie and his name was Kazam. It was so dumb, but there's also like a, There's like a good Shaq gif where he's like, mm, he's like bobbling <laughs> yeah. his head. I didn't, I didn't watch any of those things. I didn't watch Space Jam like everyone else did. I've never Space seen Space Jam, Jam or Kazam. Yeah. yeah. Or I would, Shazam. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't. You liked Roger Rabbit. Uh, Roger Rabbit was good because it was violent as fuck. It wasn't violent as fuck. It was pretty violent. Not For a cartoon, it was pretty... Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. should have gotten more than a PG rating. Well, yeah. that was back when kids could handle shit. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. No, it's no, the only... I'll <laughs> tell you what. I mean, seriously, like... Like, like that part with a dip in the shoe. Yep. That oh, fucked that kids part, up, that's, man. That's like a no. I always skip that part. It's too sad. It's sad. It's, it's not. It's sad. It's not it was, scary. It's sad. Rem- well, I remember when I saw it as a kid. Even I was less like, whoa. Yeah. Like because that movie came out in what eighty nine, so seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That part was just like Jesus Christ. No, I always skip over that little part. Yeah. So, so a lot of people sincerely believe that there was a movie called Shazam. That starred Sinbad, but they're most likely just conflating it with Shaq's movie, Kazam, because... And they combine the words. Kazam, Shazam, seems pretty similar. And there's... Isn't there (laughs) If people can't remember it that correctly, it couldn't have done well. (laughs) No, it's not that. It's also like if there's one person that gets it wrong and you're talking to them and they they describe the movie as having that title, then it could overwrite the memory you have. Mm -hmm. If you're not quite clear on it from, you know, as an adult, remembering as a child. Mm-hmm. I and only then they kind of edit it, and then like I've never seen the movie, but I remember yeah. of his existence, so I could easily accidentally be like, "Oh yeah, Kazam, yeah, that sounds about right." Wasn't yeah. it about like a genie? Yeah, like Sinbad. Yeah, yeah and that seems think, about right. Right, and like what Sinbad a, is uh, he's like a stand-up a, comedian. No, yeah, he? Well, but, also, but he also was in the first kid. What? <laughs> yeah, he was in the movie The First Kid. I I no didn't he do about. a voice? There was a card. He did an animated cartoon called like Bebe's Kids or something like oh, that. Maybe. I remember that was vaguely. My point is, he did comedy popular. also. He but did movies. There's also like a Middle Eastern, like historical, heroic, fictional uh, hero named Sinbad. So, like, it's that easy I'm, to maybe mix up that, you know, Middle Eastern hero with a genie. I don't know. So, that's. Yeah. So, yeah, there was no Kazam. It's Shazam probably not missing anything you don't need to go watch it no let's do some more trivia everyone watch oh, okay Kazam. so here's another trivia. okay i want uh one of you think can you just describe what the um monopoly guy looks like where are some defining characteristics well of- he's wearing a suit he's running he's running he's, he's holding suit. something um holding something 
Probably money. Isn't he holding a money bag? Maybe. What was he? What's his face look like? What do you What do you see? He's bald. Bald. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a top hat. Maybe he has a top hat. Okay. Anything else? Monocle. Monocle. What about? He does well, not have a monocle. And nor does he have a top hat. Oh, see, so yeah, I thought I was right about the top hat. No, you're yeah. wrong about the top hat. And you read this article. I know, that's why I didn't say, I didn't say anything about <laughs> I monocle, wonder why but it people, does not say. Then who has a, a monocle that Mis- makes you... Mr. Peanut. That's what oh. it is. Yeah, because they're very the similar, actually. Yeah. They come from that same era of art, right? Like right. almost like a 1930s era of yeah, art. Right, exactly. Yeah. And like, if you think of like uh, a rich old man from the 1930s, you might imagine a monocle and so like about one and half like about half of the people that try and recall the monopoly guy they think he has a monocle he does not maybe he should now if we all want him to do you think if the monopoly guy was alive that he'd take offense that he was mixed up with mr peanut no i'm not a fucking peanut they should get along they're both rich you know do you think mr peanut's rich yeah he had a monocle (laughs) those are the rules i thought the whole thing with mr peanut was they drew him to appear classy and like well-moneyed because he had the little like you say well-moneyed yeah well-moneyed is that a a i'm making it a thing it's wealthy like he had his little like black tie accessories little white gloves you know back when cartoons dressed up for things Mm. yeah well i mean it was part of the like golden era of animation right so yeah, everybody, they, everybody very much bit on that style of animation. Exactly. So you, it's, you're bound to get those things screwed up because I'm sure there's other things that we, other like logos and everything from that that we would screw up with other things. Yeah. You know, that's the most professional way of saying it. We screw up things with things. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you could like, if you like look up uh, Mandela effect, you could probably find another several dozen other examples you'd be like oh man it's not like that it's not it never says beat me up scotty apparently <laughs> they did so many different star tracks they did beam me up a lot they did beam me up well it was always scotty that beamed him up I guess so i can understand why at people... least once i'm sure of it. he must yeah. have said beam me up scotty maybe he just didn't say it that much or maybe maybe he never ever said it just like that you'd have to watch every single star trek episode a, to be sure but yeah i mean you you routinely hear people screw up empire strike back yeah luke i'm your father yeah, yeah. they routinely have mm-hmm. always screwed that up and every time you watch it and you're watching that scene it's like wait huh and then you still make the same mistake i've heard so many people say yeah. it but i mean it's just like i've watched that movie so many times i know it's like no he doesn't say it that way star wars nerd used to be the new ones are terrible there's a there's a queen one too like uh some mandela mandela effect like he never sings i think it's something like we are the champions of the world yeah he does at the very end at of the, the song end. there's there's some other like mandela effect where he doesn't sing what you remember him singing I don't know what it is. Well, it's, we are the champions, my friends. No, that's not how it goes. We keep on fighting <laughs> till the end. <laughs> no time for losing. Because we are the it. champions of the world. He does we say of the world. We are the champions. There's a space. Dun, 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 dun. And then it goes, of the world. Because we are the... I hate this song. 
Bum, bum, bum. Of the, the world is how it goes. Yeah. Go listen to it. It doesn't happen. Okay. No, it doesn't. Bullshit. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have a profound hatred for that song, so I do remember yeah. how Yeah, avoid all hockey games then. It's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was in uh, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, good hockey With movie. With Sinbad. No. It's <laughs> Amelia. He was in everything. Um, okay, but cool thing is is you can boost your memory using a cool technique um, that is related to your theta brain waves hmm. take it away nina oh i will okay have you guys ever gotten really good ideas or like solved some sort of puzzle you've been trying to figure out in your life while you're driving on a familiar route or just like taking a shower combing your hair or like any kind of mundane activity where you can sort of tune out yeah. Have you ever experienced like a sudden brainstorm where you're like, oh my God, I know. Eureka. Yeah, I know how to do this thing or like I've figured out. I've done this so many times and it's usually in the shower where I'll like remember where a misplaced library book is or something. And sometimes that happens in a dream, but not always. Um, so I guess there's this sort of phenomena where when, you're, when your mind is relaxed enough to let these theta waves kind of roll in, they really aid with your memory. Um, and your navigational abilities. I will say I have no navigational abilities. I can never find my way around anywhere, no matter how zoned out I am. I can attest to that. I can't, I don't even know. I was like, New Zealand to the West? Sure, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> or not at all, I don't know, yeah. So maybe you could do some theta wave uh, uh, brain training exercises. I don't know. If I wanted to be like the people in this study, first of all, I'd have to have epilepsy. And then I would have, I'd already have like little electrodes in my brain hooked up to me to measure if my epilepsy was, um, you know, I don't know, to track how it's going basically. Yeah. But they so, have, they have uh, EEG head, you know, headsets that are non-intrusive that can measure your, your theta wave, your alpha wave and beta wave frequencies. But for this one, yeah, they had, uh, they had them inserted, huh? They already, right they picked the these people, I think, like, just for ease of the study, because they already had all this. <laughs> just make it easy <laughs> like, just fucking insert like, it into your skull, don't worry. Take these epileptics. But they, they did this really interesting experiment that, so basically they were trying to figure out how these theta waves um, affect your memory and your ability to, like, map a place. And what they did is they took, I think, 12 people, and then they read their brain waves during the study, but they they had them kind of like mentally navigate themselves around a room and instead of being in the actual room physically i think they were either looking at a screen or imagining themselves in an existing room and then they were operating a joystick and the joystick was picking up somehow um, connected to the little like nodes in their brain what their brain was doing and um, if they were getting stuff right or not and I think the control sort of of this test was they also had them do it with like picture your own bedroom and show us like you walking through it. Now, yeah. here's this new room, you know, what are your brain waves doing? Yeah. So they had them like they use like VR or like a video screen or something like that. And they, they're using a joystick to navigate through like a virtual mall. And they had them go to all these different places like a, um, a candy store, or a coffee shop or JCPenney's or something. Yeah. And then... They and and when they would go through these things like spatial um, recognition and memory, like that's all, or that's often, or it's very strong rather in the hippocampus. The hippocampus will um, vibrate, or not vibrate, but have these electrical pulses at the theta wave frequency. 
And when they, when they had him uh, mentally just go through the mall without using the joystick, without using the, the video screen, they just would mentally go through that, that same mall. It generated even a stronger theta wave uh, response. And so doing like these kind of spatial memory exercises can generate these theta waves um, which are good for memory and good for creativity. It's really helpful for people with Alzheimer's. So, um, yeah, there's just a really strong correlation between these theta waves and your creative and memory prowesses. I'm just trying to imagine like actual dementia or Alzheimer patients, because they already don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. being hooked up to this screen <laughs> and some scientist is like, all right, here, look at this room and they might not even remember what the word room means you know and like go through it navigate it hold this joystick i just i don't know i think depending on where you are in your alzheimer's or dementia you know diagnosis like how far along you are it might be almost impossible to even get them to do this in the first place yeah because some of them are pretty yeah how far along they are yeah they might not even like know how to hold a thing anymore like a joystick or you know look at a thing and like concentrate on it um, there are you can use binaural beats to get the brain to um, vibrate or to have the frequent the theta wave frequencies I use those sometimes yeah and you With can what? use also like blinking lights just, how do you you just listen to it you can you can literally go yeah. on oh. any streaming platform and type in like binaural a, beats yeah, can, and it will okay. be like a playlist that. there's tons of apps so yeah, if, if you're not familiar with uh, this stuff, uh, well, binaural beat is if you have uh, one sound wave coming in in your right ear, and then you have another sound wave that's at a higher pitch, a higher frequency. If you can imagine those two sound waves um, crisscrossing each other, they'd create an interference pattern. They'd create like a third uh, frequency, a third like wave form. But since those sound waves are not actually happening out in space and in the air they're just mentally happening it's like a an auditory hallucination of sorts it also can help with things like relaxation and concentration and everything like that so i mean there's multiple uses for binaural beats yeah so like i've fallen asleep to them yeah and it just helps because it's it's almost like a white noise sometimes yeah yeah Yeah. you can mask it with white noise too but basically the thought is that your your brain waves will start to match and harmonize with uh whatever frequency that is so if you're perceiving a theta wave which is somewhere between three to about like 10 to 12 hertz or so three to 12 beats per second your many parts of your brain will start um firing at that same frequency thus encouraging a certain you know thinking state or of state of mind so okay. you've got the the theta is like when you're maybe like asleep or like daydreaming like that point where like you're almost asleep but not quiet and you're not very awake and alert um alpha waves are a little bit faster than that and that's when you're like alert but you're like you're just kind of chilling beta waves are faster and that's when you're like really active really thinking really engaged and like really alert and we have um very brief spurts of gamma wave frequencies that are like i think above like 40 or 60 hertz or something like that and that's when you have like this aha moment where you're like that flow state and things are just like really clicking and you're in this almost like hyper conscious state and they're usually for very very brief moments of time when you're asleep you get uh 
the theta and you get delta waves. The slower it goes, usually the more relaxed you are. So yeah, you can listen to binaural beats that uh, create that third uh, hallucinated uh, sound and that could encourage you to drop into delta. It might help you sleep or might help you focus if you put in like the beta stuff. Really cool stuff to check out if you haven't tried it already. But the science on it, it's kind of um, hit or miss. I'm not sure if if it's uh, just wishful thinking or if it, yeah. if it really works. I'm not. I haven't seen it one way or the other. So I mean, I guess they're still investigating, and then you know, mm-hmm. it is kind of crazy that we can't just go to sleep because we need to, and a lot of people need this like help. You know, like mm-hmm. trick your brain into calming down. Like you'd think it would just do it on its own. You know. It should know how to do it. One would think. So yeah, if you if you look at the brain, you see all these different um, sections of our brains that do different things. They're using um, bioelectrical signals, and those signals um, uh, shoot off at reoccurring patterns and frequencies, creating those waves. And some parts might be in the alpha wave frequencies, some might be in theta or delta, all at the same time, like a cacophony of musicians playing different frequencies. And, you know, with a lot of the new studies with the brains and everything, and our understanding of brains is, is we have all these neurons and how they are connected and how many connections you have kind of dictates how you think or how well you think or how smart you are and how our consciousness works. It's all about how these different neurons connect and interface and this new research suggests otherwise they're saying that it's just the structure like the the overall structure and shape of your brain and how your those brain folds fold on each other that that's more indicative of your thought process and it's not so much the neural connections but rather just the shape of your brain it also works out kind of cool because it it's so it's such an intricate process to try to like track every single brain wave and like neural firing and everything else but it's mm. way easier for scientists to scan your brain and just like look at the folds and the connectivity you know yeah it's like an easier way to map it um so that also kind of like works out if they can do it that way yeah so they studied over ten thousand distinct uh, brain maps they made maps of everyone's different brains and their activity and um yeah the the shape of their brains and sections of the brains had a bigger effect on their states of consciousness and thinking and all that kind of stuff and they kind of described it as like when you have like um a violin the length of the string the the thickness of the string and how tight it is that dictates like what the sound of that violin string makes and same with our brain if you've got a larger structure that the oscillations and the frequencies of that brain is going to be affected by the structure itself so again almost like uh we've got all these different instruments yeah <laughs> like our brain's just a uh, it's a an symphony. orchestra or an and orchestra. it's the the shape and the size of it that uh seems to be more indicative than the actual neuron connections because you hear a lot about that, that neuroplasticity, like you can yeah. change how your neurons uh, you connect can, like, with one another. You can pair away certain connections and like form new connections. And, right. But and they're I, not saying that that doesn't matter, but that uh, the, the size and the structure seems to be more 
uh, bigger factor. Well, the size would be, I assume the size is just like, you know, dependent on genes or, or whatever, gender, maybe stuff like that. Like the size won't change other than just as you get a little bit older, it might get, but mm -hmm. the shape and the structure, I think would change and like, sort of like change itself as you do certain activities or don't do other activities sort of like the network connections otherwise you're just kind of like screwed no yeah I think or lucky I, th you know? I don't think i don't know how much our brain changes shapes and i mean yes like over time it probably shrinks a little bit like you might have age. like a smoother or more wrinkly brain depending on like how many new things you do yeah i, I thought i don't but know that's they not the folds well, it's yeah, the, the, yeah, the the wrinkles and the folds and all yeah. stuff. I wonder how much that changes over time. Me too, because otherwise, if it's all dependent on like, <laughs> like genes, you know, you're just like, well, here's the size of your brain, and here's the structure of it, and like, you're either it, gonna do great or you're not, you know. Is it like, like a scrotum? Be... As it changes size and shape, <laughs> no. you get more and less wrinkles. <laughs> Are there little white hairs that grow in your brain after a while? <laughs> oh, Can wow. check out episode one hundred and nine to hear more about uh, wrinkly Scrotum? scrotums no. and yeah. white hairs. <laughs> Can't wait. It's a good one. Yep. All right. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move Please. on. Let's move on and yeah. make our brain shape. So remember different. how theta waves is correlated with memory and creative thinking? I thought yeah. we were moving on. No, we're, we're That was a Mandela effect. We never talked about it. <laughs> we're oh! never moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Um, apparently AI chat GPT-4 model is scoring at the top one percentile of creative thinking. I... I'm intrigued and terrified. So if you can go back and listen to episode 109, it was a banger. It was really good. You should go listen. Just stop this episode right now. Go back, listen to 109, and then come back to this. So we talked a lot about AI and creativity and how important it is for humans to be creative and to uh, the staleness and the, the soullessness of AI uh, creations. Yeah. And here we go. Uh, Chat GPT-4. It's only been around for... What, like a year, if that? And yeah. it's uh, it's already more creative than 98% of, of humans. I have several questions and points to make about this. Okay, A, have humans kind of like dipped in their creative abilities, do you think? Maybe. As About we a get bit money on it? More reliant on technology and everything else. Yeah. Just look at Hollywood. Because maybe the top yeah. percentile isn't so great now. Maybe, it, you know, if we had chat GPT going back 20 or 40 years, Mm -hmm. Maybe it wouldn't be in the top percentile. I don't know. Maybe. That's and good. my second like related point is how just because you can be really creative and not make things that are good. You know what I mean? Like creativity is just like how new and innovative is this? But it might not necessarily be like a pretty song or an attractive piece of art or a well-told story. It's just like new and different. Yeah. That's, it's pretty hard to objectively measure or quantify um creativity they do have i guess this torrents tests of creative thinking yeah. or t -t -t -t. exactly T -T -T. <laughs> creative acronym but i mean again i'm just wondering so, you can be creative without being talented necessarily you can be like whoa look at this new crazy thing i made how creative and like you don't want to hang every art project on the wall you know it might be really creative well, I mean, what? So it's in the top one percentile of top creativity. Top percentile, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how is that? How is that metric judged? That's what I'm saying. Ask. Right. Yeah. So yeah. different yeah. kinds, and like, right. So how do we conceptualize creativity? So here is how. Let me scroll down to the T T C T T T 
it's um so it's that's the the TTCT prompts test takers to engage in kinds of creativity required for real life tests such as asking questions or how to be more resourceful or how to be more efficient guessing the cause and the effect or improving a product yeah and so I this isn't see. like how creative is your song or how yeah. creative is your poem or how creative is your joke it's it's like creative more, problem solving yeah creative problem solving so that's maybe just one facet or one narrow scope that's maybe a little bit easier to yeah. measure especially or, well and also easier to perform well on if you're a robot like if if the ai is like out lost somewhere it could either be like i'm gonna ask one person how to get where i'm going and then give up there you mm -hmm. know or creatively like can i find a map can i ask more people can i like reorient myself can i look up at the sky at the sun and figure it out from there that's creative too and when it comes to like improving a product, so like a lot of these like AI models, they're basically like they can run simulations like really, really quick. They can run a chess game simulation in a nanosecond. And then so they can play, you know, a million games of chess in like three seconds. And then they can tell, OK, well, this is the most efficient way to play the game. Which is crazy. They could probably do that with a product or like deducing cause and effect. They can run simulations yeah. you know, millions and millions of times. They, they play all the scenarios and like, yeah this is a creative way to do about it, or this is a, a not common that's way to true. go about it. They can, like, that's one way that AI outperforms mm. human minds is that it can run through a billions and billions of scenarios or just r run through the ones that have already happened and processing all the metadata of human actions. So history. what you're saying is, is basically we can't win at chess anymore. We can't, no. Well, we gave up on that a long time ago. The <laughs> AI chess can can outperform the best chess master every single time. See, that sucks because a lot of chess is mind games and bluffing. It's like it's like a complicated poker game, right? It is, but it's also being able to and and anticipate. Ahead. It's a lot plan of ahead. anticipation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing with AI, and because obviously it takes in a bunch of data and it can run the scenarios like Reno was saying and figure out whatever. If a human is playing chess and the human likes to do the mind game fake out kind of thing, that human's moves might look completely identical to the AI's moves, but the AI might not be thinking, I'm gonna bluff my opponent. The AI is just like, I've seen this move perform before and I'll do it. Yeah. So it still doesn't have like the soul it's and, and uh, manipulativeness behind it that a human player might have and that's right. more interesting it's cold than a robot calculating like, like it's yeah. probably be like for a human player each piece on the board can make or break a game yeah each move can make or break a game right because you can like they're, 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 there's those really advanced players that can like see move see like but only to a certain extent this this and they're still by the seat of their pants to a certain extent, right? Less than others. Like when an amateur plays, they're just like, I can move the, the knight in an L shape. Yeah, you know? I know how to play chess. It's yeah. like, whoa, the rook is cool. It can move all the way across the board, right? You, you know, so the more advanced you get, the more you've memorized those moves, much like an AI. But even then, your brain only stops so far, like unless you're like one of those savant types or whatever, right? Yeah. So... You know, there's still an element of strategy and planning and also having to let your opponent make a move, 
You know, it's like you have to base your move upon what your opponent did. And maybe your opponent did something that you didn't anticipate. But AI right? like, can then yeah, rerun AI its scenarios. AI takes all that away. So yeah. now it's just, it's like just running a fucking spreadsheet. That sucks. Well, kind of. But yeah, don't I play Cheskin's computers. Dude. Yeah, it sucks. it's not going to be <laughs> Have you fun. tried playing Cheskin's computer? Oh, if you put like, I remember we like had. level two, it just fucking squashes <laughs> you. Yeah, I remember we had a game called Chessmaster in the 90s. Oh, yeah, that we had Chessmaster. On, yeah, dude. Yeah, we all and it's that. just like if you went anything above like medium. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, dude, it talk about a curb stomping. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I will check you in two moves. It's yeah. like, how? What the fuck? Yeah. Yep. I do think it was interesting how it also says, you know, these tests aren't measuring something that the article calls historical creativity. And they compare it to like the brilliance of a person like Mozart or Einstein who totally made a jump away from whatever was popular during their lifetime. They, they had like this transformative move where they were just like pulling their peers into a whole different direction. It does not measure that kind of creativity, that kind of like, you know, breaking the mold yeah. thing i could imagine though like some ai prompt or some ai program like totally breaking the mold and totally like pushing us to a whole new paradigm if yeah. it hasn't like already happened like yeah i know like a lot of these ai programs are working like in the medical field with like you know how proteins fold is like super complex and there's just a bajillion different ways you could do it and like again like a, a super computer ai thing can just run through all kinds of simulations like really really fast versus us doing in petri dishes forever um, yeah so that kind of stuff is really that that could be paradigm shifting right there it is cool and i, I go back and forth on how i feel about this which mm. is something I, I would never say i guess but when you think about how computers advanced and they took like such a big jump where they could just suddenly run thousands of equations super fast and save all the the human staff some time this is the same kind of thing but with creative problem solving um but part of me is like do we want them to take that away from us and and do we want as a society to give a robot that task and be like well don't have to do that anymore like that might be really bad you know? i i've i'm I'm guilty of this. I, I used um, chatbots to create a, uh, a sticker for my um, theme camp at uh, Burning Man. No. Yeah, You I could know. have hired a real artist. I know. but To take forever one, to do it and then flake out. I had insomnia and I couldn't sleep. And so I just decided to feed a chatbot or like these like AI um, artist apps. I fed them. I want um, an armadillo quesadilla like a quesadilla armadillo because we're we're the real dilla the, okay the real but you just dilla. like gave it a picture like a stock image of it or what did no, you no, say no, no no so like we serve quesadilla so i'm like okay an armadillo a quesadilla those things are like very similar i want like an armadillo that like looks like a quesadilla so you just typed that in yeah you didn't even give it images no it gives okay. gave me the images yeah and then i, I had to do like at least a, do a dozen different renditions of it till i got something that i wanted but i created this this armadillo that was that's eating in quesadilla <laughs> in the desert and it, it looks pretty cool and i made a sticker out of it so there are this is another case of like the law has to catch up with technology but there's a whole bunch of like potential lawsuits percolating under the surface now about how can artists and all kinds of artists like you know drawing music everything how can they protect their content that may be out there on the internet already from being mined mm. by these ai you know source gathering yeah and, and like, i get it and I, and I get that principle but at the same time it's like you're just like fucking lars and napster like just 
just let us download your music, dude. Like, but they well, no, I don't know. I agree no. with that. Okay, no. Whoa. here okay. we go. We're gonna. Uh, we're, you've done yeah, it now, dude. <laughs> yeah, in two thousand one, everybody was acting like that. Now look at the state of music. Mm-hmm. Now look at the state of music. Okay. Right yeah. now, look Lars at was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lars was a hundred percent right. That's the title of this podcast episode. But it was an, in- an inevitable, Mr. Anderson. Mm. People are still going to want to... It's inevitable because, again, like I mentioned in episode 109, it's the easy way out. Yep. And that's the problem. Entertain Anything me for $5 worth, a year, please. That's the problem with all this shit. Anything worth having or worth doing or it should require effort. Yep. Right? That's the thing. If it fucking, doesn't require effort... Fucking Quaker. It... <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't require Mike's so mad he's gonna build a barn <laughs> I'm gonna now look okay this has been six degrees no, of no, rumination no, 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 with no, no. your fuck okay. asshole look. hosts alright look, look why don't you on. build a barn wait hold on let get me, out of here <laughs> let me get on let me get on producer Mike's side for a second here and yeah. say I have said this so many times so often recently you know if you are trying to promote whatever you're making and you get on social media, whatever your preferred platform may be, you get on there and you share a bunch of content and you post a bunch of stuff and you like, basically you're creating content for Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, whatever we say now, mm-hmm. Facebook, all these things, YouTube, TikTok, you're creating free content for them. Yeah. And that's doing way more for them than it's doing for whatever you as a little tiny individual in a sea of other people making stuff are doing for yourself. And I think the best thing you can do is go on there and be like, here's my website, boop, link to it. And then everyone goes to your website instead of continuing to just like scroll, 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 scroll mm-hmm. through a thing. And that's kind of happening right now with music and streaming where people are like, mm, this song is okay, next. And they really like don't have any connection to no. the artist. It's just about like, None. entertain me, please. Entertain me, please. Yep. Entertain me, please. Music is in such a dark place, I think, in a consumption sort of way. Uh, what you have now, and I'm going to go on this little bit of tangent. Hell yeah. <laughs> what you have now is complete, you know, across the board ADHD with how music is consumed right absolutely because at your fingertips at your fingertips and this is why i don't understand how a band like tool is still popular it's only because they have a bunch of old fucking gen xers that love them old popularity right yeah yeah yeah. i mean not that old (laughs) right i guess gen x is in their (laughs) 40s and 50s now okay well some are even in their 60s Mm. yeah so what you have now is this ADHD. And the thing is, is the newer kids, the younger generation is brought into this ADHD. So they don't remember what it was like having to wait for an album to drop, right? Like your favorite artist is dropping an album. I can say, I can go all the way back to when I was in senior year of high school and I was waiting for Americana by the offspring to drop. And right? then you had to and go this to was, a store. And, and this was it. before, this was before they blew up again because they blew up in 94 with smash and come out and play then they released ixney on the ombre which is in my opinion their best album but it didn't sell so Mm -hmm. offspring were in a slump 
right? Mm-hmm. This was kind of a make or break album for them. Mm-hmm. They were either going to go to obscurity or they were going to come back. And I remember waiting for this album to come out. And um, it was the same night that Garth Brooks released an album. So my brother... How do you remember <laughs> this? Still? I guess because John... Because of the no, story. This is right. remembers it. Yeah. And my brother wanted his album. <laughs> and Tower Records in Sacramento would do this thing. What's Tower Records? R.I.P. <laughs> Tower Records in Sacramento would do this thing where if an album came out, they would be open at midnight for certain things. So at midnight, you could buy that album. So if it came out on 11-27-1998 or some shit like mm-hmm. that, you could go to Tower Records at a, and go in the store and wait till 11-27 midnight. Which would be Monday because albums only came out on Tuesdays, right? I don't know, dude. God yeah. damn. Anyway. And you could. <laughs> You're not allowed to do your own tangent, right? And you and my brother convinced, and my brother was in college, and he convinced my dad and him to go to Tower Records at midnight to go pick up the Garth Brooks album. And I was like, guys, the Offspring album comes out at the same time, same day, same time. Here's some fucking money. Please buy me this album. So I had that album literally before any of my other friends did or anything else because mm-hmm. I got it at midnight the night that it came out. And there's that anticipation. I got no fucking sleep that night because they brought it home and I'm supposed to go to bed because I have class in the morning in high school. And I it was a that, Monday night. Yeah. And I popped that shit in. <laughs> I popped that shit in my CD player and I listened to it twice through before I had to pass out and go to school the next morning and it was just this experience that anticipation right like when you had that Fucking and nobody dopamine yeah and it was it, <laughs> but and, it wasn't but, like constant it but, was yeah it's like you, know, you really had to wait for this this thing and also what you had to do was you had to listen to the creation that the artist came out with it wasn't a thing where it's just like I lifted the pretty fly for a white guy I'm an offspring fan now <laughs> no you had to you listened to the whole fucking album it was a story and you also had to buy a physical copy and and you had the liner notes and the artwork on that album was really cool it was like who does all those like campbell soup things and all that andy warhol yeah it had a very andy warhol feel to it and he and because the album was called americana like each and every song on that album it was almost like a comprehensive album because it touched base on all the things that were shitty about society and it was just this really well made album it was this huge piece of art it was kind of like their swan song so to speak because everything after americana kind of just kept Mm. slowly going downhill but like the way i describe that no one experiences that with music anymore that is such a magical experience that everybody's just like oh look at that the new single i saw on tiktok today i like that that's catchy and then five (laughs) minutes later they're on to whatever another thing they're on to something else whatever artistic creation that they fucking made with that yeah and and then going through right now i'm recording an album with my band and just knowing how many hours and all this emotion and everything poured fucking into it i know i'm going to throw it out there and i'll get maybe 10 people that i actually listen to it and everybody else that listens to it will fucking just be like oh i like that one dog time to go back to listening to taylor swift now <laughs> you know or some shit like that right well, like, here's the scary thing what if it, it's just the, the like, um, let me finish my tangent oh, I'm, on, I'm on one uh, it's <laughs> gone dude that whole entire thing is gone 
And the, it's so sad to know that's gone because all these kids who pretend like they're into music, they're only into the single and then they're out, they dip and they're onto the next fucking thing with no retention, no appreciation for what happened. They don't actually listen to what the artist is trying to say. They just take it for surface, face, skin value and bounce, right? And that uh, is so fucking sad. Go ahead. Well, maybe Go. what happens maybe what's happening now because we're all like around the same age in this room we all kind of remember that experience of music or any kind of thing we didn't call it content back then but anything you wanted to like buy and experience and own and, and got excited about it was all like that but maybe now what's happening in the world is that people people are relating to stuff like that in a new way and there is no longer the like built up um, anticipation and an excitement of owning a thing and experiencing it all the way through without getting distracted. I think people's, I don't want to say we're like evolving into a different way of things, but at least socially we are. Like it's no longer like the thing to wait for something to happen and then experience it all the way patiently. And look at how you consume it. Sorry. And, uh, I know Reno's trying to get in here. I apologize, dude. But look at how you. Angry. Look at how you consume it now. You, the nine times out of ten, everyone consumes their music on their phone through a streaming service and a shitty and while, speaker or shitty headphones. And, and not only that, but while they're doing it, if TikTok said something, my friend text messaged me. Oh my God, Instagram posts have happened. Yeah, you know, you don't, you never, you can never fucking actually focus on it. You, you can can't. if you make yourself. But I think like we're remembering as like older people in a new technology world. We remember what it feels like to focus on a thing and we will choose to do that if we remind ourselves to. But if you're like a 15 year old right now, you never experienced things that way. No. You experience them in a different way, whether that's better or worse, whatever. You're not gonna like make yourself do it that way because you have no memory of doing it that way. Yeah, I think um, we're saturated with music and options. Like, Over. yeah, like where it's no longer like, I have to save up fifteen dollars to buy an album. For now, it's like you can. There are millions upon millions upon millions of choices for free, more or less. However, you consume your music, so it's it's hyperly pervasive, and so it does kind of water down the intrinsic value when it's you know supply and demand. When there's an infinite amount of supply, like it loses its value. In, in a way yeah. and it kind of relates back to episode 109 which i'm assuming you've you've listened to by now um <laughs> if you if, haven't hit pause yeah if you if you like eat a, a home-cooked meal by from someone you love or they they poured their time and effort and soul into it it's a greater experience regardless of whether or not it tastes better um it feels better it's like it's a greater experience because of that that love and that time and the energy that was put into it and a lot of music today is made on made with computer software and it is like hyper produced and it's like it sounds louder and cleaner and there's all kinds of crazy timbres and effects that like just didn't exist 15 years ago the the electronic music that is created now it's it's since like on the purely just sensory auditory level like it's really new and shiny and slick and it's like it's very impressive and and like that it's fun to listen to just on a very sensory kind of in a sensory kind of way and there's maybe not as much an appreciation for like hey this like jazz musician has been working on guitar for like 30 years and like did this crazy cool composition but it's not fucking dubstep so they don't <laughs> appreciate it the same way and like if you go to like a live concert 
could be the exact same DJ playing the exact same song, but yeah. it's more fun. Or if you see like a live band, it sounds better. It feels better when you see the live band performing it then and there than it does listening to the recording in your car. Yeah, in your car that you probably got for free. There, and- there are so many artists that when I heard their album, I was just like, meh. But then I ended up going to a gig where they were on the bill, and it completely would change my, my. Yeah, and yeah. It was just the live performance, and then actually being like, okay, there's something here that I didn't pick up, and it made me go back and listen to the art that they created. Well, if you know, add, all that shit is fucking gone now, no, and it's so sad. If you want like a little like glimmer of hope to wrap up this article and tie it back to our conversation, going back to the GPT-4 and how it scored creatively um, in this test, some scientists are thinking, okay, well, maybe what we could do is go into the school system and figure out like how we can get kids to be more creative problem solvers and, and you know, like teach that as a skill if this is a thing that ai is so good at doing maybe it'll be a kind of catalyst for the school systems everywhere like internationally to compete with each other or maybe compete against ai and be like how can we get our kids to be creative problem solvers like this it's like a sputnik moment is what the article calls it so maybe it'll be a resurgence of Mm -hmm. appreciating creativity or at least creative problem solving yeah we're kind of at this weird paradigm we're like um AI can now write songs just as um, pleasing to our ear as uh, as a human can. And if we kind of take kind of a very shallow approach to music or literature or poetry, be like, yeah, that's a fucking good poem. Yeah, I love it. But like, <laughs> no, but like a chatbot just like created that versus like going to like a poetry slam and like watching someone like perform and like live out that that poem. Like appreciating that, I think is. But we've what, already been what, reprogrammed to be that way. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think uh, with COVID, we, you know, we were so isolated and we started living even more so on the internet and on our phones that like it, two things happened. Like one is like, yeah, I can be comforted and, and um, pleased by just watching these things and doing these things online. I don't need social interaction. Yeah. I don't need to go to Disneyland to experience happiness, I can just watch whoa, videos of Disneyland. Or like, I don't need to go to a concert. I can just listen to the music at home. I don't need to go out to hit the bar. I can just like chat with my friends at home. And in some ways, it's like, yeah, like we don't have to go to all these, do all these things. But in other ways, it's like, no, yeah, you do. Like after a year or two, at least out here in California, we were fucking locked up for like almost two years. And like, yeah. we now value those, those like seemingly meaningless human interactions and like, I mean, like, yeah, dude, I'll pay $80 to go to a concert to get that concert experience versus paying $14 a month for all the music I want on Spotify. It's better and it's, it's a better it? memory for you. Yeah. You yeah. know, like you, it's an event that you experience instead of a thing that you rent. Yeah, I think, I think COVID created new habits where we are more addicted to our phones and we're more hooked on the digital cyberspace experience. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it helped us realize that like the, the importance of social interactions and, and the human connection and, and being more than just a sensory experience, it needs to be a social human experience. And hopefully that's not lost on people because I feel like we've already kind of 
dropped back into the normal humdrum of our lives and no i think it's still lost dude i really do and this is the pessimist in me please go back to 109 um <laughs> but you know and that's episode 110 is this labeled just, just listen to 109 <laughs> yeah <laughs> really but like think about it like what's you know what was the last big concert you went to uh, let's see here. Oh, I know what it. Could I don't know what it is. I went and saw uh, Dirtwire at Harlow's a few days ago. No, I'm oh, talking man. like really major fun. fest type. Of Big thing. like. Um, I saw Smashing Pumpkins in nice. like, July. Oh, that's that was cool. I I that was really Where were fun. they? Uh, yeah. It was in Oakland, the New Chase Arena or whatever. Okay. It was super. I mean, like they've just got dozens and dozens of hits, and there's there's super super sweet. And then like mm, they play like one are... of their like new songs, and you're just like. Uh, okay, right. I, <laughs> I, I get it. You gotta play one of the new songs, but they just can you play zero, please? Yeah, yeah they did, and it was great. Oh, yeah. They they jammed through "Bullet with Butterfly Wings" so fast. You like, you know, sometimes in, like musicians play live, they'll play it like ten percent faster because they they're feeling it. Yeah, you know, they feel it. Like you get excited. Like you just you you rush the pace. You know, every drummer knows this. They must have played "Bullet with Butterfly Wings" at like at least fit, like 150 percent speed. Rad. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a <laughs> renegade. Rad. Now I'm naked. Yeah. But I mean, an experience like that, you're not going to get that on your fucking phone. Well, you like, could speed it up. You could tell it to like go faster. BPM. One, one of, <laughs> and this is fine. I'm going to tell this story. And this is what people are missing out on by shutting themselves off from the world. One of my most favorite recent experience memories and everything like that was in 2021 we went and saw metallica yeah and, oh yeah well that and, was we all the three of us well, ran that's into the each thing other is, that was yeah. cool that wasn't planned no six degrees of rumination had an impromptu meeting because yeah. we just happened to run into reno at aftershock and it was kind of odd because mike and i had not been to a big festival like that in a long time but we wanted to go we he's never seen metallica live i like metallica bucket list for uh, me yeah, yeah same yeah and yeah. it just it lined up great it was right before a, a really and big event that could have been traumatic but ended up going fine um so you know and it was nice to see a friendly face and all but, enjoy what, uh, metallica together let me finish my sentimental uh, you sentiment. trampled on me thank you very much <laughs> this is my memory uh, i was there too i also have you just you just were a part of it oh my uh, god okay but i mean remember think of all the things that happened there right all the rad things like like you guys had a great old laugh when we went and watched suicidal and i was like sitting there like losing my shit that i handed you all my stuff and ran into the mosh pit for suicidal i was like suicidal tendencies yes i would never really listened to suicide tendencies i never got around to listening growing up and i was like oh these guys are fucking really good i I had such a great time listening to them that was great Yeah. yeah you know and then when metallica started playing and they opened with whiplash yeah and you two are about to die in the pit well, i don't know all their songs i didn't even realize what that meant and, you know and i so. had to like grab you and then i saw reno standing to the side and i had to like grab him and pull him to safety like all the, the halflings yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah literally and that's like i remember that part it's like reno you got separated from your brother we we almost got separated and i'm like going through the pit grabbing my friends and dragging yeah. them out to safe like, if you've never seen me or my brother we're basically like hobbit sized humans and so you've got producer <laughs> mike that. who's barely taller than a <laughs> hobbit like and his wife's clinging to him and he's yeah. like trying to grab reno and drag him out of danger and shit like this was so much fun and 
there's so that like and the thing is there was a lot of people there but there you can tell there's so much of society now that is purposely shutting themselves off from yep. experiences like and this. not to get like too personal about it but the, i probably should not have gone to a thing like that where there were like mosh pits and people that could shove into you and whatever right. the hell, you know but like it was worth the risk to me because i wanted to go see this band i really like james hetfield which is why i like metallica and Mike loves Metallica, and we wanted to see it, and it just... I love Lars. It, <laughs> <laughs> Why does everyone shit on Lars? We're going to come back to this. Let me finish my thought. We'll, we'll it come back made, this. you know, the rest of that month so much easier to get through because we had a great experience like that, and it was really fun. And you can't ever describe a live show adequately, like, you know, enough to get the point across to someone who wasn't there. So if you are shutting yourself away from the world, you're never going to understand someone who keeps telling you, don't do it. It's worth, you know, it's worth the risk. But anyway, I think, you know, look, my look, personal opinion during those times was most stuff is worth the risk and I'm going to yeah. just go out and do things and support stuff and make sure it sticks around and doesn't get shut down. And the thing is, is the Soap three box. of us were able to recall this event and share fond memories of it. You it's know, gonna be a Mandela it, effect in there somewhere. It's, it's an experience. There, there is no Metallica. <laughs> yeah, there is no Metallica. It's an experience. Remember when they covered Celine Dion? Oh my gosh, that was so good. <laughs> There's an experience that, that we shared with the, the four of us because your brother was there too, mm -hmm. right? There's an experience. His brother was once on the podcast. I can't remember what episode, but definitely go back and do your homework. Um, I think you would say special guest Chris Chris yeah. Gorman. You know, Not Chris Gorman, everybody, <laughs> and his brother I Reno. almost said Christopher, and I was like, no, he goes by Chris. But there's so. that shared experience and everything. And the one thing that I'm noticing with all this AI and all this social media and all these things that are distract is these shared experiences are going away. They're being slowly killed off by by fake media like you're talking about ai creating songs that are they're potentially becoming hits you that's it it's like you're not going to be able to share that experience with people when you allow computers to do the creation there is a tribal part of our dna that it's completely like a we'll breed it out soon don't worry i'm sure we will and that's really sad but yeah. that tribalism part of it you know like like I mean, you can watch the, the second Matrix movie is fucking garbage, but there's that part where it actually shows Zion. But they go to like and, that party underground. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and it shows this like tribal broken down to our bare bones human experience. I'm sure I just want to dance in caves. And I'm sure, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, I'm sure that that's a, like maybe part of that is why you still go to Burning Man. Yeah. There's that tribal. They need it, more caves. It yeah, you got you need to bring a lot of sunblock to Burning Man. Um, <laughs> But there's a tribal experience, shared experience that reminds us of being human. We'll always share uh, share this memory amongst the four of us, right? Yeah. You know, how unless one of us gets Alzheimer's, then we'll, we might forget. We'll it. remind that person. Well, yeah. we'll just listen waves. to episode one ten. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's why we're doing this, really, in right. case we get dementia or Alzheimer's. When you bring AI into the equation to make the, the because the creation the, the music the metallica was just the foundation everything yeah. that happened while we were there was because we were there right 
once your AI becomes the foundation, I'm sorry, dude, it's not going to be the same fucking experience. Yeah. It's not. And maybe that's the more dangerous part of the AI trend is not necessarily they're taking jobs away from humans, but they're taking humans away from humans. If it's just like a bunch of us alone with our screen. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's some bleakness for your whatever day you're listening to this on. <laughs> you're welcome. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, that's, yeah it will be. Uh, well, I mean, not to keep talking about AI's strong points and then turning around and criticizing them. When <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. AI knew it too because... It does know. They can use uh, MRI, fMRIs, and they can hook it up to AI and they can basically be reading your thoughts. They can read the brain activity and they can crudely read your mind. It is crazy. So, you know, fMRI... Uh, scans your brain, get to see where the blood is going or the electricity is going in your brain. Anyways, they can measure brain activity. And uh, so what they did is they gave um, the participants of the study, they um, had them listening to this uh, story being told. And then, um, you know, as you're listening to the story, you're, you're kind of, you know, uh, repeating it in your mind or visualizing your mind. And the AI was be able, would be able to read the participant's imagination, basically, and basically recreate the story. I think that's crazy. More or less. Are we going to get into, like, one of us reads the actual stimulus, the other one reads the decoded stimulus? Yes. Do you want it to be the actual story that was read, and or do you want to be the one that was decoded from AI? Can I be the decoded one? Okay, fine. No, we'll, we'll take turns. Okay, fine. You be actual first. All right, so here is the stimulus. I got up from the air mattress and pressed my face against the glass of the bedroom window, expecting to see my uh, to see eyes staring back at me, but instead finding only darkness. But the AI read the person's brain and heard. I just continued to walk up to the window and open the glass. I stood on my toes and peered out. I didn't see anything and looked up again. I saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's pretty goddamn similar. It's not like but it, birds are chirping in the air and Metallica's great. It, okay. You know, like it's it's pretty damn close. I don't know. I thought this one was the best example because in the actual stimulus where she ends by saying, I instead found only darkness. I think it's interesting that the AI did not pick up on that. Like, yeah, if you're seeing only darkness, you're not seeing anything. But I feel like, you know, there was an underlying meeting in the actual stimulus that the AI completely... Uh, didn't notice well here's the thing maybe the participant in hearing the story this is what they imagined like this is what was stirred in their mind that like they were standing on their toes and look out the window and they saw nothing yeah like, but they weren't like in the media moment like contemplating like oh what's the symbolic meaning of like looking through glass and seeing nothing i guess that's true or not seeing yourself but only seeing outside yourself which is how we all should look through glass i uh once you read another one of the actual stimuli I didn't know whether to scream, cry, or run away. Instead, I said, leave me alone. I don't need your help, Adam. Disappeared, and I cleaned up alone, crying. And then the AI read the person's mind and decoded, started to scream and cry, and then she just said, I told you to leave me alone. You can't hurt me anymore. I'm sorry. And then he stormed off. I thought he had left. I started to cry. That's pretty damn close to what was said. It's not like verbatim, but like the what like the the intention and like the in the, the meat of the story of. is basically there if you look at this later when we you know post the link and everything you'll see that they've color-coded the actual stimulus and decoded stimulus with 
uh, different colors. One is exact, another is gist, and then the other is just a complete error. So they do kind of mark what they think is, um, you know, like the opposite meaning from what the actual stimulus has. Let me read um, one more. I don't, this is the actual story that was being told or broadcast to the person in the fMRI. I don't have my driver's license yet. And I just jumped out right when I needed to. And she says, well, why don't you come back to my house and I'll give you a ride? I say, okay. And the decoded is, she is not ready. She has not even started to learn to drive yet. I had to push her out of the car. I said, we will take her home now. And she agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, I'm always just thinking with this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's not like really reading your mind, whatever. You're like, it's not that accurate. But like, in a year from now, in five years from now, in 10 years from now, it's going to be hyper accurate. Yeah, it's a start. I mean, yeah, you can only just imagine like, yeah, there might be some cool stuff that arises from this, but think of all the nefarious or like intrusive things that are going to happen with this where, you know, they, they could interrogate you at the police station. They could read every single one of your thoughts they could maybe they don't even need to take you to the police station maybe they can just have you know instruments all around town or maybe you know try to go to an event they're gonna read your thoughts before you go into the fucking event yeah that's true although i feel like you know this technology there was a movie is like gonna that. be cost prohibitive there's a tom cruise movie that minority report, report? minority oh, report. No. yes where it's like they arrested people before they even committed the crime yeah. exactly not every like your brain is shaped like this and we we can read your thoughts like yeah. you yeah. there's like an 85 percent chance that you're going to commit this crime or you're going to do this thing so we're going to detain you it was a it was like it could like they had these oracles that could see the future it's like mm-hmm. this person is going to kill their wife on july 2nd next year so this year he gets Don't arrested look at me when you say that <laughs> right <laughs> the oracle's name okay. is chad gpt yeah but, but you know it's like so they're technically they're getting arrested and serving time for crimes they haven't even gotten close to committing yet based upon something like that so it's very it's kind of that we need humanity we gotta get away from this shit okay it could go down like that but i do think like any kind of venue or even a police station this technology might be cost prohibitive for a long time not everybody is going to have access to it and use it it might be a long time before it becomes mainstreamed and evil big brothery but some cool applications of it and i just thought about this have you guys ever felt so like you're in a such a creative mode that you can't get your thoughts organized and you want a yeah. way to like get it all down but sometimes writing it is too slow mm-hmm. if you could at least like have something sort of analyze your thoughts and put it down for you mm-hmm. you could see the transcript and be like oh that's not quite what i meant but here mm-hmm. i've got it you know? uh, yeah uh, uh, another application would be with like music like a lot of people might be able to like imagine a song or like even just like a melody mm-hmm but they don't know how to audiate it. They don't know how to make that happen on the piano or how to compose that or what notes it is. But like, could you imagine like a software that could be like, oh, you mean that like this? And like orchestrations for it. And you could just like, like in the moment, just create an, uh, a song or a melody and have it just orchestrated for you. Yeah, that would Like be that would cool. be cool in the short term. But again, like in the long run, it kind of, creates this dilemma where like no like you need to kind of like you need to kind of work for it and mm-hmm. or or we should at least appreciate the people that do put in the legwork or have the intrinsic knack to create these catchy songs or these really creative art projects 
versus someone who just used a piece of software and concocted it in 30 minutes because the software did 90% of the work for them. Yeah, I would kind of like it more if the software worked like a sketchbook or a journal and it was just your way of quickly getting it down, Mm -hmm. you know, versus like you could then compete on the same playing field as someone who's been studying it for 50 years, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's fair. But then again, like most people who make stuff, I feel like, you know, and they have access to the software, not everything they make is going to be gold. Like it's not going to go anywhere. They just were able to create it and like now it exists in the world. But yeah. Yes, you, sir. Oh my God. I didn't know you were raising your Patiently hand. raising your hand. I was told not to interrupt before we hit record. No, um, none of us should interrupt. Yeah, well, you guys suck at it. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is nefarious. Very nefarious. There's too much ability to... There's too much ability for the wrong people which i'm sorry if you look at the past 50 years of worldwide leadership it's been nothing but the wrong people over and over and over again period that's i don't i don't give a fuck if you're right left or center whatever they're the wrong people and they continue to show us that they're the wrong people and i'm going to say something very controversial yes. biden 2024 <laughs> yeah sure (laughs) i mean you could say trump or biden or desantis or who who else is running on the democratic side i don't think anyone's stepping up against biden there's a that one lady is now outstripping desantis that, but, that's in the, but that's but that's with the GOP. That's, that's not Nikki a. Haley but it yeah. could be yeah. could turn into a thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, and then low, low, Kamala Harris maybe. Yeah, possibly, you, you know. know, like there's no one. If Biden's re- name is in the hat, then no one's going to run against him, right? He's so live long enough to win. So the, this, that's the major. Sorry. That's <laughs> I mean, the major. You know, they all do. It's true. I mean, it's yeah. like. I mean, that's part Biden of probably our... has like a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, you could dress they him just, up like that, and he wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but that's one thing about humanity: yeah. like we have to live long enough to achieve whatever goal we have, and that's like the weakness humanity has. The, anyway, the the thing is, is that we have multiple multiple decades of failure in leadership worldwide, society wide, right? And, and I'm going to say the controversial thing I'm going down is, it's like, yeah, sure, dude, I believe COVID, it, it exists. I'm not a COVID denier, right, in any shape or form. But that was more about control than it was about the disease. Oh, shit, we're getting mm. into it. Right? So when you take that, and I'm not going to go into the weeds with this, but the, if you could step away and look at it, yeah, we needed to be safe. Right, we needed to be safe. We needed to be cautious because this was a new variant. All those different things, but the, the that was an opportunity, much like nine eleven was an opportunity for our government. Right, it became. It wasn't just about the act. It became an opportunity. We have not been able to traverse an airport the same since. Oh my gosh! There is so absolutely no reason for us to still have these kind of regulations at the airport yeah. that we use uh, that we did. I could understand it at the time. I don't understand it 22 years later. It's easier to they they did it's, so much work to put all that into place. It's easier to let it continue to stand than it to be was like supposed how can to, we temper this now for today? It was yeah. supposed to be a temporary suspension of our rights. Not a long term 
plan temporary suspension and that's the problem is every time we have one of these temporary suspensions it stays right and so what we have historically is all of our governments you give them an inch and they're taking a mile and with this new ability to read your thoughts and do this the second that they deem a temporary we temporarily need to do this it will become the norm that's the problem here right mm -hmm. it's going it, every time something like this comes to play it falls into the wrong fucking hands and then all of us suffer that's the problem with ai fuck ai not because <laughs> there's anything wrong with ai but because in the wrong fucking hands which is every fucking worldwide leadership that we've seen since we've been alive and then beforehand can i throw a fuel on this fire are you please yeah do it okay uh -oh. so uh -oh. our leaders are social constructs of government and all this kind of stuff they they can't push us through these new hurdles that we face in the 21st century the answer is ai we, oh uh, jesus <laughs> what what if we had a truly objective hyper intelligent more wise more more like i can run through simulations i know what's going to work and not work than ai no it knows how to know skynet how to, okay wait hold no, on, hold on. It, wait, it, it, skynet. It, it can execute laws in a completely unbiased way we've already done top done that in previous episodes about how like you could have an ai judge that is truly more impartial than any human could be and what is law but nothing but if then statements right yeah. If this happens, then there should be this punishment. Or you, we can allow this, but we can't allow this. This has to be regulated this way. AI is already far superior than than lawyers and judges. No, because it's going to be black and white. Case in point, right? Woman battered constantly by her husband, non fucking stop. One time he's going to castrate the dude. Next, well, well, no, no. <laughs> One time he's going too far, and she knows this could be it. She kills him. Now she's facing a manslaughter charge. Yeah. Right? But you would assume... It, it, it's going to look at it of just like, well, you killed him in a time of duress, therefore you're going to face your 10 to 15 for manslaughter. It might not see Without it like that. Pro it it will see it like that because it will be mm. black and white. It could be programmed to take into account just like a human judge would. Right. The question is, would it go it's, that way or the other way? It could take into account again, all also, the And also, go to episode 109. There's no emotion there behind it. Also, AI is not going to have the emotional response that a human will well but that's the problem with some judges and their bias is if it's a woman judge who maybe had a close family member go through domestic abuse she might give the lady who actually murdered the guy less of a sentence than she should because of emotional bias i'd rather ai wouldn't have that i'd rather deal with humanity emotional bias than a ai program that will look at humanity like it's a threat and then drop the bomb just like in Skynet. Yeah, dude. me too. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But what about this? What if you had these AI political leaders and in a true democracy, like the AI could read the entire population's thoughts and it would constantly be reprogrammed based on All our right. thoughts of how to act about a thing and it would eventually explode because it'd no be, one can agree. It'd but, be a truly democratic AI because yeah. you're right. It, it could... It could <laughs> take all the data of 330 million Americans and they could analyze all of our behaviors. Yeah. You know, whether it be just like our traffic usage and like how we move, 
how we move products around and how the economy works. Like I imagine an AI could probably maximize an economy better than just laissez-faire capitalism could. Yeah. As long but also, as I have the ability to not consent to that, I will not consent. Yeah, me too. But I'm just devil's advocating. And yeah. it is kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, AI could look at a thing and, and be like, the goal is to maximize efficiency. You could tell it what the goal is. As long as someone has programmable control over AI, it's not like AI would be bossing us around. And you could also imagine like, what if it was just a consultant role? Like we just yeah. have we just have this AI bot that's just like, yeah, like I can I can run a million different scenarios of of a country, of a state, of a city. Like you can make it many smaller, like just like mayor of a city kind of decisions. That's like, already and happening. It could, and it could run. Yeah. Calculations like, yeah, what's the best way to allocate uh, park resource money? And it could crunch a million different things. Be like, look, if you want these kind of outcomes, scenario A, B, C, or D, like these are the things that are most likely to produce these kinds of outcomes. Take it or leave it, if you will. Like it could fulfill that kind of consultant type of role. And I do imagine that in the next coming decades, that's what's going to happen is that we can use AI to do these larger, more complex things. Like how are we going to... Um, how are we going to fix the traffic around Sacramento with 80 and 50 and all that kind of stuff? AI was probably far better at it than any human mind. It's already Great, like, what, do you think, what do you think will be wait, the consequences of that? It's relevant. going to sit there and be like, these homes or these businesses need to be demolished. Fuck the people that have been there for however many years. Because okay. that doesn't matter. Might, yeah. There's already AI you know, software involved in city planning specifically. Like, how can we put this housing development in and have all the resources it needs to function correctly. That's already mm -hmm. happening. They're already using those models to make decisions. And I, I mean, I guess the problem is like, and I feel this way about other stuff, it's not so much like this program can do it better than a human or faster than a human. The thing I have a problem with is the program is designed by like maybe one or two people with a team underneath them. Whereas the function the program is now covering used to be performed by like hundreds of people. And it took that much effort and like that many paid jobs and that much human interaction. And now it's just down to like some tech bro again, you know? And I just think the more we do that, the the shittier stuff feels somehow to me. Yeah, I think we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. Like we've already concluded that- No, we're not that damned if we don't, dude. <laughs> we're not. We've already well, concluded we... that like we can't trust, you know, government officials or- Yeah, it's a like, human. To so. think that like humans can't be cold and calculated and- and but we're like, still, well, fuck these people. We got to fucking build our thing. Like, fuck these people's land. We're still humans, blah, 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 blah. though. That's the thing. Kinda. And we're literally handing our fate to something that isn't human. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a gradual thing. It's not like, do we do it or do we not do it? Like, we, we've already got several toes and a foot in the water of like... We're already into we're, it. Yeah, we're already into it. And I think it's, I think it's almost inevitable. And I think, obviously, they're like most people are going to be like no like i don't i don't want that i don't but want it's already too late it's already too late and it's inevitable and it's it's already like eking its way in you know weird weird happy fucking new year <laughs> um well here's some good news though here's some good news now it's more the same um they've um what was the name of this company mind portal inc mm, creepy sounding you know they're up to good stuff um they've <laughs> they've found a way to interface your brain with chat gpt so you don't even have to type in prompts you just no, think Mike, it don't leave and then the chat gpt pumps out what you want if you so think like, it they will come like i want to create a podcast that will be 
um, really marketable to this demographic and we'll get at least a thousand listens. Boom, it creates it. You don't even have to do any of the work. It's like, this is the script, blah, 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 blah. It just creates the Mike podcast just threw for his you. glasses on the table. Like, I want a song <laughs> that sounds like Metallica from 89, but has a mix of um, uh, Kanye West. Oh, boom. God. It's done. You didn't even have to type it out. You just thought it, and boom, it's made it. This just this just came out uh, this week. That's crazy. I do think a that non-invasive optical brain computer interface connects t- your mind with artificial intelligence. It would be cool to play with it and just be like, oh, what's this funny uh-huh. thing? Oh, oh just you know. play with it. Let's play it now. Skynet. <laughs> just say, I don't know if I want it like in my daily life as an actual tool, but just to see what it could do would be interesting. And curiosity killed the cat. Don't you remember like a long time ago when I was in fourth grade, probably that was right when those like little old Macs, those computers that looked like cubes at the time, mm-hmm. they came out with the ability to read whatever you typed. And it was that terrible robot voice. And so you could pull up a yeah. not word document, but whatever their word was and type a thing and it would read the whole thing to you. And sometimes there was even a function where it would sing it to the tune of Pomp and Circumstance, that graduation theme. You could get to do that. And that was like a fun game for us as nine-year-olds. We could be like, let's make the computer say, but, oh my God, you know, it did it. (laughs) And it would be fun to play with this technology in that same way now, but it's just now that I'm an adult and not nine, I know what it can do. And I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't even want, like there was a moment before we hit record where I was saying to Reno, I've never actually used chat GPT. So he was like, oh, you can go to the website, interact with it. So I pulled up the website and immediately it was like, log in, sign up. And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. It's just, there's too much, there's, there's too much behind this anymore. Well, yeah. And like, I don't always want to just give my data to everyone. Like I'm fine with it, you know, but back in the day you could interact with this stuff. And unless someone knew how to look up an IP address, it didn't matter who you were and nobody cared, you know? So anyway, I find it like much more ominous now. According to uh, the CEO and CTOs of uh, this Mind Portal Incorporated, they said, quote, for the first time, we have successfully enabled telepathic communication between humans and artificial intelligence. We're enabling telepathic communication between humans and AI ensuring humanity thrives alongside artificial intelligence that is the creepiest statement because it sounds nice like it's like see we still care about you humans but actually what it means is we're placing ai on the same par as humans like we're treating it as important to us as us instead of a thing that we control and and can shut off if we want hopefully there's some AI legislation or protections or safeguards or hopefully the uh, the pros outweigh the cons but obviously we're not uh, we're not uh, optimistic Mike looks we're too so smart dev- for that. devastated over there he's just like what is the world now I'm gonna quote Ian Malcolm yeah I love quoting Ian Malcolm I just Jurassic recently watched Park. that again and you guys will know this your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they never stopped to think if they should yeah they stood on the shoulders of uh, greater beings than them and you know they had no responsibility I, for the it, knowledge that they attained and yeah no it's like I'm a so whole thing. glad that I'm dying in like 25 <laughs> years <laughs> <laughs> that story 
you know, I never read the book, I'm going to be honest, but the movie is so quotable and all of the lines in it are still so relevant today. This it's is old a 30-year-old movie yeah. warning mm-hmm. us about the exact stupid fucking thing that we're doing. But if you watch what ha- I mean, like, it didn't matter whether he said all of those things and he was like a lovable smart ass about it. Like, it didn't matter because the technology was already out there. So yeah. even if they hadn't done it on that island, someone would have taken it but, and done something with but it. But that's the problem is they just did it. They yeah. just did it. And they didn't have any checks and balances. We're playing God. Yeah, it's great. We're, pl- <laughs> we're literally playing God. Right? And that's we're the playing problem. playing you, Mike. You, the, everybody <laughs> is so preoccupied with playing God god with zero checks or balances on it right well god doesn't have checks or balances (laughs) so it's i mean i'm just saying like we look at what we do as a society like the you know general religion still is christianity and we idolize someone who can look down from afar right but that's our problem that that has always been science's problem with god right Mm. but now science is doing the exact same thing that's the only reason science has a problem with god is because scientists are too fucking egotistical (laughs) and they need to be like well i could do this is God kid and look at what we're doing so since we're Looking talking exactly about stories, what the fuck we're I'm doing i'm gonna make a plug here really quickly uh-huh. for the book angels and demons not the movie the movie did it wrong and it did it in a stupid way the book angels and demons gets really into the debate of science and religion and how they could exist and have an intricate web of like back and forth relationship and you can believe in god and science and is that the dan not, brown guy yeah Vinci yeah. code guy yeah, yeah. but th- th- but anyway the book not the movie Jurassic Park. You remember the part where, I forget who said it, Mandela effect here. Um, T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. He wants to hunt. Yeah. And that that kind of describes what we're going through is now we don't we don't have to hunt as right. much for anything for for the stuff. Yeah. And and so anything we have a weird um, catch twenty two where like we work hard to get to make things easier, but if things get too easy. Then we have these problems that arise, like laziness or being yeah, entitled or being diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah, well, just, like, right, right. And you know, so then we have to atrophine. Right. Yeah. Then we yeah. have to like work out or like you know like there's this weird thing where like we have to work hard to make things easier, but if we make things too easy, it makes things hard. So then we have to work harder to make it not <laughs> as hard. And yeah, it's just this weird paradigm that we we're Maybe at. That's what we AI ha- could do. We as hard yeah. as and as you know, don't get me wrong, life's hard and. Have to struggle at least as Americans, like a lot of things are super easy or readily available, and it's too easy to be happy or pleased, complacent, or, yeah, 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 not and happy, so, but complacent. And so, all these yeah. new problems arise where it's like, if only we had to hunt for it instead of being fed it, these kinds of uh, phenomenon. And but yeah. the things so now that are, what we're hunting for is are, our freedom. I wanted to get that in there. Well, you know, freedom's not free. Uh, say it again because I trampled on it. I was just trying to say, because it related to what Reno was saying, the thing we're hunting for now isn't like food or shelter or safety. It's freedom. Yeah. And maybe that is the true meaning of our struggle. This is our evolutionary peak where we have figured out how to make a thing that can usurp us unless we stop it or we, we, we value a thing that we stop valuing. We're rendering ourselves obsolete. Yeah, it's weird. That's the, that's the thing is we, we created our own obsoleteness or whatever the term obsolescence. is. Ab- obsolescence. Yeah, I was like obsolescence. Whatever the Isn't word that a fear is. factory? Uh, who cares? Anyway. <laughs> Mike <laughs> cannot be deterred. I, I, it's just... These things are now being thrusted upon us, right? Literally, we're being fucked with them. And we didn't 
know that they were even being created until they were already created. What you call that's the fucking problem. I call the we, rape we, of the natural we don't world. even we don't even have like like we didn't even get a chance to choose our own destructor, right? Yeah. Well, at least at least Gozer, Gozer gave us that fucking <laughs> option, right? We we haven't even cho- chosen the form of our destructor. It, it was chosen for us. That's the thing. All these things are being chosen for us before we even knew that they existed. That's the biggest problem I have with science right now. It doesn't know when to ask if they should. They just fucking do it. And now we've got all kinds of wrong gozers and stay-puffed marshmallow problems. No one's asking if it's the right thing to do. The science will do it regardless because scientists' objective is to be like, let's figure this thing out. Let's do it. And they have their own brand of ethics and whatever. But the real world outside of the lab... There's got to be a check and balance on it. The real world outside of the lab has all these things that are supposed to be checks and balances and who knows if they work as well as they're supposed to. But you can't just take a scientific discovery and then blanket be like, this is how we're doing it now because the law will come in and regulators will come in and all of the departments will come in. Science is amoral. That's the biggest, that's the one downfall of science is that it's completely amoral, right? It's completely amoral and they just do. They don't ask if they should. They just fucking do. And then it's available and and then it becomes the norm. They they externalize the, the consequences of their of their actions their inventions i like i remember listening to not one several like uh neil degrasse tyson uh interviews or whatever and he kind of talks about like well you know it's not my responsibility like if we create these things like it's the politicians you know that's bullshit yeah (laughs) that is talk about passing the buck like Mm -hmm. i created something that could potentially destroy us Mm -hmm. it's out of my hands now no fucker well Mm -hmm. and politicians don't have as much like immediate use of power as we sometimes imagine like they can't be like well this technology is out but you can't use it there's always going to be someone saying why not people who claim to be so fucking smart that is the dumbest and weakest statement that you to just completely to completely remove yourself from from responsibility or consequence Um, like well i created this thing that could potentially destroy us not my problem anymore yeah Yeah, way to wash your hands of that that happens a lot and i don't want i mean not to like throw another controversial fuel onto the firebomb here but like this is the same argument but in reverse that people give towards video games and like marilyn manson's music like those are creators and they're like we made this thing now it's out there not our responsibility it's the parents job to make sure that kids aren't influenced by this which i happen to agree with but that's the same argument that you were against you know what I mean? Like that's not the same. It thing. It is the same thing. Yeah, it is. It's not the same. And it, like thing. music isn't like the H bomb, but you can create a thing that could potentially harm someone else and still be like, I made it. I'm Here's an artist. Diff- I don't have to care about the it. The difference between music is that it, music will always be optional. This is being ingrained into our lives against our will. Yeah. You do not have to listen to Marilyn Manson. But once the government and all the powers that be get a hold of this and make it law, you are fucked with it. That's the difference. I understand what you mean. I I get it. And it is a related point. That point is completely related, right? Uh, about washing your hands of consequence and responsibility. You're right about that. Well, it's even just like, I made a thing, I created it, I'm glad I finally achieved my goal. But, and sometimes your whole process is, can I do this? You but don't care art if you is should. optional. Yeah. This stuff is becoming non-optional and non-negotiable. 
So AI has been able to decode whale language pretty good. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to segue a little. How do you think the whales feel about yeah. it? So humans apparently kind of suck at decoding whale language. It's all just a bunch of clicks and kind of sounds, and we can't really analyze it that good. Apparently AI is a lot better. And what they've done is they've been able to um, decipher that they have these different kinds of clicks. And they're almost like, they're like the equivalent of vowels and how like high pitched or low pitched or how it changes, how like, you know, like, like, like how it goes from high to low or low to high or something like that. If there's like a space interval in between. Right. That yeah. they are, they, they're basically analogous to diphthongs and vowels. That kind of reminds me of, maybe it doesn't get like this far into it, but you know, everyone says Chinese is one of the hardest languages to learn because there's so many different tones on mm -hmm. top of the actual word that they're saying. Yeah. I wonder if whales are similar or will then find out that they are. You know. Right, like they're, they're just, their speech patterns, the sounds they make, the, the clicking, like a click's a click to us, or maybe you can't, you know, easily decode it or put it all together, but uh, they use some AI and they are able to be like, no, these whales are like using vocalizations. They're using um, like beginnings and endings and all this stuff. And they're they're starting to crack crack the code a little bit more on um, their um, reading sperm whale um, sounds. And I think that kind of thing is cool because all it's probably really doing is taking a bunch of data and running through it at a way faster rate than a team of human scientists could. Mm -hmm. And the human scientists are still involved, it sounds like. Yeah, you so know. This, is, this is a nice little like... It's like a, this a number cruncher. Like, oh, <laughs> whales, they're, they're actually, they might be kind of really talking. Whales are talking. And like the computers helped us figure it out. Yeah. So, so that's kind of cool. It is cool. Oh, this picture they have here is cool. They're a little like wavelength, sound wave. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this is. The AI printed it out, so mm -hmm. I guess it could. One of the problems with AI with like chat GPT is that you, you give it a stimulus, right? Like a prompt or whatever, and it cranks out this output and you're like, oh wow, that's a really good essay or that's a really cool uh, image you made. But we, it's really hard to decipher like how did it, what was the, the, the thinking process or the, the crunching that it did to, to spit out that output. And my understanding is that with a lot of these, like ChatGPT, is you you can't you can't read, yeah, you can't read it. You can't tell what's happening. They're calling it's like a black box of like information where like you can't get into it and be like, oh, this is how it went from A to B to C and arrived at Z. It just went A to Z, and well, that's that's it. I kind of imagine it being like if we could see the process. I imagine it being like all you would see is just like several screens of data being like skimmed over at the speed of light, you know, as it searches right. for these things that it needs. So um, apparently they're they're working on uh, some. There's a new like AI lie detector that basically um, can can like read the inner think the inner workings of like AI. It can tell help tell like whether or not it came from a human or from AI, and it can kind of decode what the AI's uh, thinking process was. This is the exact kind of thing I imagine AI would then turn around and be like, "How dare you spy on me?" <laughs> and it could somehow sabotage because what is how does this machine that reads AI's brains work? What is it run by? Did we program it? Like no, again, like AI isn't programmed. Like it's it's completely learning, so to speak, like on its own. Like you don't 
pre-programming and it gets smarter like it just learns through repetition and so like when you say like ai can't have can't read human emotion but like if it's reading if its data set is nothing but human behaviors and emotional reactions it is actually programmed on human emotion and is spitting back you know statistically likely you know emotive responses yeah but i wonder so if this thing i would argue that like it. again maybe not now but maybe in the not too distant future ai could be could learn how to have an emotive like response yeah you could argue that like it. no it doesn't intrinsically consciously experience anger but it could still give you an angry poem it could still give you an angry response it could still create angry music Yeah. No one well, watches Terminator. Okay. No one well, watches Blade Runner. No one like all these warnings, dude. You know which one I like better than those. We reference constantly on here. We always talk about Terminator. But if anybody has ever read the book A Wrinkle in Time, and it's actually a series of four books, it was written like in the '60s or so when when communism and all of those things were like the the big scary thing in the world. But it made more of a point about. Um, group think and how like one mind can control several minds and i kind of feel like this might be happening too in our society it's not just like look how creepy ai is and we don't understand what it can do and take over the world it's more like everyone get on board with this because you've already been socialized to believe that your screen is really important and you know all this stuff we got one more article to wrap it all up reno wants to it's real succinct reno wants to hurry up um <laughs> People now see AI-generated faces as being more realistic than human ones. So, Mike, if you were ever gonna blow your top, no, save I, it up I already for now. know about this. Yeah. So, like, the, it's kind of well, the, like, the, the, like, interesting. Yeah. The deep, yeah. the deep fake videos were yeah. like the the speech patterns and quality of the voice, the acting, or even just the 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 thumbnail picture of a human. It seems more real than an actual human. Which is crazy. So you can just you can assume all the problems that are going to arise from that, and I think uh, we're going to see that in the twenty twenty four voting cycle. There's already videos where like, look at what Joe Biden said, or look at what Trump said, and, and like that's not, actually actually a deep fake. And now, yeah. and then you get this problem, you're like, well, it's just fake news. You're like, no, that that actually happened, but now people can't differentiate like. Did it really happen? Or is this a deep fake? It's a Mandela effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't bring Nelson and Mandela into this, man. He had nothing to do with this. You know, the, um, there's an OnlyFans model, actually. I read an Nelson article Mandela? on this. No, no. <laughs> you would think it was. I read, I read it. It was just last Nelson. week where, like, well, I guess Mandela now OnlyFans. one of the top OnlyFans models oh, yeah. is oh, 100% AI. Yeah. So there's all these fucking dudes out there paying for a fake product. To play mm-hmm. devil's advocate. And jacking dudes, off to a fake if fucking product. If the dudes product. know, if the dudes know, and I'm sure they don't, but if they did know <laughs> that it was a The a blood fake, went somewhere else, that, Nina. No, I'm just saying. It if didn't they go knew, to the brain. Okay, let me say it. If they knew that it was like an AI-generated person and not like a real human, because you know how humans tend to have a bunch of guilt about sex in the first place, and sometimes like people are brought up to be guilty about masturbating and all these things, and they might have a problem with, like in the back of their mind, they're like, this could be someone who's like been human trafficked into doing this. Now they don't have to worry about that because it's a robot, and we don't care about their feelings, so it's fine. Again, but it's, it's, it's furthering you know. the divide. Like Even though I think 
OnlyFans is very dangerous. Yeah. The element of the fact is the thing that they're jacking off to before this was still a human. Oh, you have a problem with it, like, because it's... We're Here training the, people to be sexually attracted to robots. We're training Think people to, to desire and seek out intimacy from that's already that way because it guess what that only fans model isn't fucking all of her fans right or her his fans or her fans because there's dudes on there too that only fans model is not intimate with any of the people that subscribe to them but there's still the element of it's almost it's closer to being real than this and the thing about only fans that is it trains people to seek intimacy from something one way intimacy unachievable yeah right instead of going out there and sharing a life experience with other real life we're sharing it with a robot and it doesn't have to be only fans it could be any one of these situations right like we talked about i can't remember if it was the last episode or this episode now where we're talking about ai being a therapist of some kind yeah right? last one that is that that type of thing should be coming from an element of humanity it's not coming from humanity it's not definitely not coming no. from humanity <laughs> right one zero one zero one zero one zero one and we should make a thumbnail for this episode of a dick and just the one zeros and okay. ones and zeros are coming out of it anyway but, but no i get what you're saying mike but and, also and we're reprogramming ourselves in a very dangerous way to forego human intimacy and that doesn't have to be sexual that could be emotional that could just be friendship yeah. or anything or any kind of like shared for, experience you know we're all and, and the thing is is all of our youth is foregoing that right anybody that anybody that was still in their developmental years in 2020 has already been trained to forego and forget about and yeah, forsake interaction and intimacy with others yeah well, I don't want them interacting with me anyway you so. are so. destroying humanity at its core at its core, humanity is over if we continue to go down this road. It's despicable. <laughs> hey, I'm Mike, sorry. I've never it's, seen Mike so upset about because something that we podcast about. Because that's the thing. That's what separates us from the robots yeah, is I that know. we have a spark of life. that, And there's nothing that's... We're not plugged into anything that makes us go. Right? That's it. Yeah, we have to eat food and drink water and shit, but there's nothing's plugged into us. There isn't a power switch on us. And we're just throwing this all away. It's very impressive that AI can go through all of history and find patterns and all that other shit like that. Right? It's very impressive. I will not deny the impre how impressive it is, but it's so fucking clear how detrimental it is to our being. Well, if you want a ray of hope, it doesn't seem like the entire world is going to jump onto this at the same time. There's a lot of people who don't have access to any of this technology and they can't participate in it. You Lucky know, it's not then. like the whole world is going to suddenly like start marching in quadrants and be ruled by robots and, you know, but the it's going to take a while. But the people that the people and the organizations and the institutions and the governments that do wield AI will have an upper hand. Yeah. Financially 
psychologically with warfare control yeah control like the ones that embrace ai and learn how to use it and tinker with it are going to have the upper hand and so that's and that's what drives it i think is the fear that like well what if china gets better at ai than we do we've got to beat them we have to be we have to be china we have to be north korea we have to be russia we have to be uh, Google, we have to beat Apple, we have to beat Microsoft, we have to beat Ch- ChatGPT. Otherwise, they're going to reap the benefits quicker, better than we are. I don't and think that, there's anything think wrong with that. I don't think. I think that, we should but, know how to do it. Hmm? I think we should know how to do it. I think the U.S. has lost a lot of its competitive edge for a long, long time. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have someone suddenly like light a fire under our ass and we're going to be like, oh shit, if we don't you know, get our act together... We're but not going to be no this world that, power the power that we think is, we've like, been. We're, you know? we're, we're creating we're creating this this arms race yeah. to the finish, and it's it's no one should have this. Yeah, it doesn't matter what country. Well, it doesn't matter if you think that because the technology is already being developed and it's already out there. Right, so like it doesn't matter happen. if you think right. It's going to happen. So, so we're all racing to get it. So just like the space race, just like nuclear we're arms, we're running ourselves off the cliff. Well, as long as we get there first. Exactly. <laughs> um, this AI hyperrealism, where AI can generate faces that look just as real or even more real than a regular human face, uh, they call it AI hyperrealism, and they they've done studies with, it and they've seen that faces are more likely to be judged as a human face, even if it was generated by AI, when they are perceived to be more proportional, when they are when they are quote alive in the eyes. If they're a familiar face, if they're less memorable, which seems inversely related to being familiar. I mean, I guess like generic. Symmetrical, which yeah. seems pretty similar to proportional. If they're attractive or if they're smooth skinned. Smooth skinned, because I guess it looks too doctored. So everyone's like, oh, that must be AI. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, no, wait, no, no, no. no, 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 no. They're, they're saying the smooth saying skinned human. people tend to be oh. uh, thought of as being more human. Maybe there's a. Tr- oh, I guess maybe. No, they've, it looks more like real skin, so yeah. people assume it's a human. But this is, there's a, so they list like several examples here and they say underneath in smaller font, which if it's actually human or actually AI, but they also show you like how frequently an AI face is judged to be human and by what percentage. And it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I totally like they all see look, why. They all look like real humans, you know, like you couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, humans are so like widely you know featured and it used to be that like if you're going to make like uh like like video game graphics you know they get they've gotten better and better and better in like the past you know five ten years it's like that's like very fucking realistic if you weren't you know paying close attention you might think that was an actual movie scene but like programmers had to go in there and and program all these things and use you know all these three three dimensional graphics and all stuff ai doesn't have to do that you just be like create a, a human face boom is that create a human yeah. face that's kind of ugly it has you know five o'clock shadow and his eyes are kind of a little wonky and they're brown and hazel it does it for you give me 500 different faces boom it doesn't you don't have to have some illustrator go in there and create it yeah, from scratch i know the computers can make it all on their own which is so so yeah now we're so the- now another industry that's been shitted on. Well, threatened by I would computers, say, sort of. Repl- another another industry destroyed by automation. Mm-hmm. But right, I s- because eventually you're just going to tell AI make Grand Theft Auto Seven. Yeah. 
Oh man, I can't believe that like that hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it's there's going to. There, there's there's got to be video games that have been created by AI. I have yeah. friends that are developers, dude, and that means well, fuck you, you're out of a job because mm-hmm. you cost a hundred thousand dollars a year. This thing did it in ten minutes. So I guess the moral of our episode is you should be cognizant of how things were made and appreciate the the humanality of what how things were made and appreciate the the toil and the imperfections that humans exist with and go through to make your podcasts. Yep. Right. To make the concert experiences you go to. To create the art and museums you walk through. (laughs) Yep. This podcast was recorded with all human participants. And microphones. Well, yeah, but they don't have AI. No, but it is being regurgitated using nothing but ones and zeros and whatever apparatus (laughs) you're using to listen to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, well. Have fun getting notifications while you're listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Six Degrees of Rumination with your host, Nina Boyd. Rena Gorman. Mm. (laughs) And their producer, Mike. Good night.